Greetings, greetings, and welcome to a brand new episode of Out the Box Talks. I am your host, Krill. We are here for another new show. Big ups to all of the viewers, to all the listeners that rep for Out the Box. Listen, man, you guys are so appreciated. You give me the motivation to continue to put out new shows every Friday. So thank you, thank you. We are at episode 88. So we're getting closer to that 100 mark. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in countdown mode, man. I'm, I'm trying to get, just wait till I get to 90, man, which is going to be real soon, right? So uh, we are here at episode 88. As always, we have a special guest for interview. And this brother has been doing his thing for a minute now. So we're going to talk to him in a little bit. But before I jump into the interview, I do want to mention some things and related to Out the Box talks and just out the box media in general so make sure you go to our website outtheboxmedia.com to keep updated with all things out the box media related we have been doing interviews since about 2009 so that's a lot of years of producing quality interviews with hip-hop and soul artists you can find a lot of our previous interviews there on the podcast shows tab or the TV shows tab, you can just click that and get access to all of the previous shows, whether they be video interviews or strictly audio interviews, all right? Also, we have our merch page, which is outtheboxmedia.com. I'm sorry, outtheboxmedia.bigcartel.com. So that's where you can get snapback hats like the one I have on. I got some new merch on the site as well. We got some hoodies. We got that MC over rap hoodie. We got MC over rap tees, uh, MC over rapper tees and MC over rap tees. We also got the podcast tees, the Out the Box Talks podcast tees. And we have coffee mugs up there for Out the Box Talks. So if you're an Out the Box Talks fan, that's items that you could go grab and show your support for the platform in that way. We also have our Patreon page where you can find exclusive interview clips that are not available for the free public. You have to become a Patreon subscriber. It's only $2 a month. It's a very small fee per month. Listen, man, if I could offer it for a one-time fee where you didn't have to do a subscription, I would, but I'm not able to do that, right? Uh, so... Definitely, if you're able to, I would say this, even if you just put up $2 for that one month just to check it out and you decide, you know what, I want to cancel my subscription. I'm not encouraging you to do that, but if you decide you want to cancel your subscription, you have every right to do that, right? I actually just want you to get that get access. I want you to be able to hear the content because it's a lot of dope content. And if you go to this link, patreon.com slash out the box media, you will see the list of all of the artists that have exclusive interview clips. So then you get a glimpse of what the, the, the artists that will give those interviews before you go and you subscribe. All right. So I think we have close to almost 30 interview clips up now and they're continuing to grow. I know we're like, about 25 and growing, right? So definitely go check that out if you would like to support in that way. If the subscribing ain't your thing and you just like what we do and you want to send a one-time donation, you can send a donation to Cash App at Cash Tag Out The Box Rep. 
And you could also send a donation to PayPal at paypal.me slash outtheboxmedia. So there's multiple ways that you can support the platform. You pick the one that works for you or resonates with you at this point in time. And either way, I appreciate it. And remember, no amount is small enough. So whatever you give, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's going to go to support the platform. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So I wanted to get that out of the way. Another thing I want to mention is that if you're watching this episode on YouTube, our channel out the box TV, make sure you hit that subscribe button on out the box TV. If you're not subscribed yet and remember to hit the notification bell. Now, if you are again, watching this on YouTube out the box TV and you're not familiar with our audio podcast that can be found on platforms like Spotify, Google podcasts, anchor.fm, Apple podcasts, and generally where people listen to audio podcasts. So there will be a high quality audio version to this show there and our previous shows as well. So you can make sure to go there if you would like to check out the audio podcast as well. All right. So I wanted to just get that out of the way. I want to thank again, all of my viewers and listeners. I can't continue to thank y'all enough. I appreciate your support for the platform by liking it, sharing it, whatever you've done to kind of put the word out there about out the box talks. I definitely appreciate that. So like I said, as always, we have a brand new uh, guest on the show. This is my first time interviewing this artist. He has been having a very, very interesting year. His project actually came out initially last year. He put out a project with a, a producer by the name of Roper Williams, which initially came out last year. And not too long ago, they recently released it uh, as a deluxe addition to the album, or a deluxe version of the album. So this brother is hailing from Rahway, New Jersey. He is a lyricist in its true form. He gets it in. His pen game is, is definitely, you know, there. And his music also does require some listening effort. So it's not like this cookie cutter, easy to grasp MC, right? And you know, we like the artists that really go above and beyond to make sure that, you know, their lyrics are intricate and there's, there's layers and, and, and just that clever approach. So he definitely fits that bill. And I'm so excited to build and talk with him tonight about his new project entitled Gandhi Loves Children. And again, this project is also produced by uh, a dope producer by the name of Roper Williams. So without further ado, I want to welcome to our Out the Box Talks listening and viewing audience, the homie hailing from Rahway, New Jersey. Welcome, fat boy Sheree. Yeah. <laughs> what's good? Out what's the box, good? Man, what's good? Out the box, what's good with y'all, crew? What's good with you, bro? I'm good, man. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, man. I know it's been a minute. Um, I know you. we've been trying to make it happen for a minute, so I'm glad that we could finally get you on to talk about Definitely, this bro. new it's album. Honor, bro. It's an honor, for sure. You hear me good? Yeah, you good. Me good. You good. All of that? You good, man. You good. Okay, well. So, like I said in the intro, I want to talk about this new album, Gandhi Loves Children, or GLC. 
I know you sometimes abbreviate it. And, you know, all the stuff that you got going on with it. But I mainly want to first start by just giving you some time to talk about your history as an artist. Like, so for people that may not know, like, give us some insight on how this journey to even take emceeing seriously began for you. All right, well, I said probably just my whole life, I always had a love of music. I grew up in like a very musical house. So my grandparents, they listened to stuff like Isaac Hayes, Lion of Family Stone. My uncle, he listened to stuff like Prince and all of that. So all of that definitely like geared me to music young. And I would say probably eight or nine when I got into my own, like with just embracing music and all of that, I was heavy into like grunge rock, heavy metal, like coming up, like, a lot of people will be like, they'll come to come to my block of my crib, like, yo, turn this off, bro. Like, what did you listen to? I'm like, nah, this is fire right here, bro. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta listen and embrace that. Like, and got into hip hop over the years. And probably I would say around fourth, fifth grade is when I started writing raps. So, like, you know how it is, like fourth or fifth grade, having little battles around the neighborhood, like. Even like I was in the poetry heavy back then too. Like I used to win a couple poetry contests and all of that. And it's crazy because like I said, I've been writing since fourth or fifth, like, but I started recording about 10 years ago, I would say. So in between that time, it's literally was just me crafting and making sure I was like, all right, when I unveil, everything gotta be perfect from the lyrics, the concepts, everything gotta be elevated. It can't be like nothing that nobody else is doing. So, I dig it's, it, it's, it's been a beautiful ride so far, for sure. Indeed, indeed. Can you talk about, like, what inspired that innovative mindset of yours to just be like, you know what, I want to do it differently? I would say kind of just reason why I fell in love with music from the beginning. Like I said, I, all of the different artists I said in the beginning, none of them was the same. So I always kind of looked at it like if I'm going to put down my my paint and paint my picture for this, if I want, if I should get my time in music, I want it to be people could be like, yo, nobody was like Fatboy Sharif. Like he, he, whether it's video wise, song wise, song structure, like I just want to, and it's not even awesome. Just like awesome. Oh, I'm trying to be different. It's kind of just naturally how I am. Like even like the stuff I get, influenced by and stuff that I examine and read and different stuff like that. So like, to me, like that's, that's one thing like with the music movies, all of that, all forms of entertainment. Like to me, if we're not pushing the furthest form of creativity, we might as well not even do it. I could dig it, man. I could dig it. And that's definitely something that I try to rep on this platform. Like either, you know, you have a creative approach as an MC or there's some type of, you know, conscious subject matter or thought-provoking subject matter that the artist reflects, man. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, I'm glad that you you broke that down. So, talk to me about your relationship with Roper Williams, who produced this album, GLC. Like, how did that relationship come to be to where it manifested into a full-length project? Uh, yeah, 
it's being used in the making literally like it's funny because I would say probably around 20 2011 I was going to, I was going to college for uh communications and I was studying like to be in radio like college radio or whatever and I started doing a hip-hop show at King University in Union and I would say probably it was strange. Uh, the show was called Strangers with Hip Hop. Shout out to my man eighty nine. Like Dope. King University, we had before everybody was doing podcasts. We was doing podcasts. Like, <laughs> that's that's literally how we got the show. We used to do podcasts in my basement, put them all on CD, and just take them to the different colleges. And <laughs> King happened to be the first one to call back, so we went up there, got a show, and the show lasted like a good two or three years. But from that. I met a lot of different artists, got a lot of different relationships with people. And we used to do these on air ciphers. So we would have MCs come out and just spit, do their thing. Just two hours, no music, go and play different instrumentals. It would be ill. Like, and one of my friends, I would say brother that's still close to me to this day, my man DJ Bugavelli. Me and him was working at the same job at the time. So he was like, yo. You doing the ciphers uh, this week, right? I'm like, yeah. He was like, yo, I got a group from Hoboken. Could they come up? I'm like, are they dope? <laughs> He's like, yeah. I'm right. like, yeah, bring them up. So they come up, and it happens to be Roper with them. So Roper is the producer for that particular group. So just from us, me, and we hit it off, off rip, like just having certain similar tastes of hip hop and just certain sense of humor and. I was already doing music at the time and we kind of just connected or something like, yo, I'm like, yo, you, you cool. Like we're going to link up again soon. So he would invite me to the studio sessions that they would have when they was working on a project. And I would hear him be like, yo, these beats is great. Like, I'm like, yo, you did all of these beats. He like, yeah. I'm like, yo, <laughs> these, these joints is incredible. Like, and we always said like we had to connect and make music. And it's crazy because, like, the Gandhi Loves Children album that y'all hear was literally probably, like, three years in the making and started, like, five or six different times. So, like, (laughs) yeah, for sure. Wow, man. It's interesting (laughs) that, you know, you had that experience going back to your college radio days, man, and y'all were able to still kind of stay connected and develop into, you know, a collab project. So... Gandhi loves children. I have to. I have to say, man. When I first found out about the album title, the title raised some questions off the bat. You know, I was like, like, what is he talking about? Like, you know, because it's not a title where you just look at and you're like, oh yeah, whatever. Like, there's something going on with this title, right? So, can you tell me why you chose to title this album "Gandhi Loves Children"? I honestly got to say that's I, I would say that's that's the genius of Roper because literally like the first track on the album, the song Tragic, I had that as a lyric. So literally like it's like uh, it's like uh, damn, how this, oh, it's like Trump winning, Cosby lust women, Gandhi love children, government drugs built in. And when we was building over the album title, he like, yo for some reason, like the Gandhi love children, like that keeps sticking into my head. Like we should do something with that. 
And it might have been like a five or ten minute talk, but we was like, yeah, like I'm pretty sure we're, we're not gonna see an album called that <laughs> within within the year or any years after this album come out. And just off of the 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 value of just like hearing that title, I would be interested in that if I heard it from somewhere else. Like and like when you just dug dig deep into the album with the some of the dark undertones of subject matter, even what's going on with the world today. Like to me, it like it makes perfect sense. Like, mm. How would you explain that title to someone who might get it misconstrued? Funny thing, I would say you would just have to hear it. Like mm-hmm. to me, it's something that I can't really like, I can explain it to you, but until you sit and really listen and even just live and See, like I said, connecting it to what's going on a lot in the world just today. Like, it's definitely like a, it's an experience. To me, it's like, it's an experience more than anything. Like, because mm-hmm. to me, like, people can look at it just like an album title. But to me, like, even like us abbreviating the GLC, it's kind of right. like a whole world and experience we creating with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, the album originally came out in 2020, but was released this year recently as a deluxe yeah. version. Can you tell us why you guys chose to rehearse it? I mean, to re-release it with more tracks just just a year after? Well, yeah. When we dropped the original one, it was real dope. Cause like, it was kind of like a project that kind of grew wings from the beginning. Kind of like how we set up the rollout and all of that. So when we dropped it, a lot of different people was connected to it and getting put onto it. And Jeff Weiss from Passion of the Weiss, he it came across his ears. Shout out to my man uh, Will, I put him onto it. And he hit me up, he reached out to me and he was like, yo, this is real dope. Like, I would love to do something with you in the future. He was like, we can even start with just like a, a Gandhi Love Children Deluxe. So I bought the, we sat, talked to him, figured out everything he wanted to do with it. It was definitely a great move, like, because he he definitely did everything that he said he was going to do, and it was definitely, like, we like, all right, let's take, let's take this movement that we got and growing with this and bring it to the next level. And it definitely kind of worked out, because, like, the Deluxe is definitely giving it new life. Like, a lot of people getting put on put on to it and falling in love with it, like the original show. But got that's it. why we was like, we want to keep the same remnants of the original so the same artwork the same back cover like even the same songs we was like we're not gonna really take nothing off we just gonna add on and that's kind of, that's kind of how we looked at it kind of like a movie with extra scenes like <laughs> type thing so we put three of the songs that we had from the original recordings that was probably like probably like a year or some change old and we listened to them we was like yo these still crazy like and we recorded one new one and that was the deluxe Got it, got it. Can you name the the new additions for for those that may not have? Because like I think when you go look look up the album, you only see the deluxe, deluxe edition now, right? So can you name like what yeah. the actual editions were? Okay, yeah. On the original track fourteen, nuclear warfare was the last one. Okay. On the deluxe, we added three more. So it's right. prescription, uh, the last first man to obtain carbon and angels and demons. That was the last one we recorded, like, final, final one. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. It's more compact now. Like, you, And it, the interesting thing is that even though, you know how sometimes you hear add-ons or like like bonus tracks to albums? Like, this actually feels like it was part of the full recording, right? Like, it doesn't even feel like an add-on or like they just threw this on. Like, it just makes it still, it like still works in the scope of the track list, you know? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's definitely what we was going for. Because that's one great thing about like me and Robert Connect uh, relationship. Like we put the music over everything. So we like, yo, if it don't really enhance it, we just not going to do it. Like, because <laughs> we like, we can like the songs, but if it literally don't enhance the experience and add more chapters to the story we already trying to tell, we we just going to leave it where it's at. And it definitely did for sure. Got it. Got it. So the next question I wanted to ask you is the cover art, right? So when you look at the cover art, there's some interesting depiction happening in the cover art, right? Um, um, I, I wanted to ask Ropa, is that actually Ropa standing there with the in black with the mask on next to you? Is that him covered up? Oh, no, no, no. That's my man, uh, DJ Bogavelli. Okay. So is he, let me ask you, is he playing the role of Roper on the cover? Or nah. is it just, okay, got it. All right, so let me do this. I'm going to just let you explain it. Because I I, I, I I thought that might have been Roper, but you explain what the cover is supposed to depict. Because you're standing, I think you have, one, you got like an orange wig on and you're like staring forward, standing in the woods. Like, what's what's happening with the cover? Break that down. All right, well, basically, once we came up with the title, we was like, all right, we know how Sean these, these 14 tracks is. We know how Sean the title is. So we got to have a cover that's, when you see it, it's going to stop you in your tracks. Mm. Oh, that's dope. Like, And it's ill because, like, a lot of my, like, best and favorite ideas, like, I always say, like, the best ideas are never forced. Mm. So kind of like even that cover idea, it was me. I just caught Roper one day. I'm like, yo, I see the cover being like something in the woods, like with uh, us being handcuffed. Like, I think I just came with that skeleton of it. And mm. we was like, okay, shout out to my man, uh, Derek uh, Belazzo too. He shot all the pictures, amazing uh, photographer. But we went out there with that particular idea. So... We shot, I want to say probably like a good 50, 60 pictures. And we was going through them and we was like, okay, we got a lot of fire. These is dope. And that particular one, Roper was like, yo, this picture looks ill. Like, something about this picture. Like, I love this picture. I was like, all right, let me, I was like, it's dope, but let me sit with it. Let me see if it's album cover, if it's album cover quality. Like, and the beautiful thing I loved about it is kind of like the cover kind of like explains the album a little mm. where it's kind of like you literally see two people on the front, but literally two different expressions of what's going on. So you see me in disguise. I'm laughing. You don't see what I'm laughing at. Right, right. I'm just looking ahead. So, so it could literally be anything. Then you see the guy next to me, Ronald Reagan mask, blank stare. We don't know what that where where the evilness of Reagan brought to the world, but and to me it was kind of like it kind of spoke for what's going on kind of society today. Like 
everybody's arguing with everybody about this. Everybody think they know about this, but they don't really know <laughs> about nothing that's going on. Everybody just in the state of confusion. Yeah. So to me, like, that's kind of like what we was going for with the album cover, like, yeah, yeah. where you can't, where it's kind of, the where the title gotta be, you gotta listen to the album to get the title, you gotta listen to the album to get the cover. Yeah. Just like you gotta watch the visuals. Just like you gotta hear the interviews, like, my me listening to it, what I get from it is totally different than maybe what a supporter from across town gets from it. Right. And even like, even since the deluxe been out, a lot of people been hitting me up like, yo, Tragic is my favorite song. I see, I get the title now from that. Even uh, Nuclear Warfare is my favorite song. I get the title perfectly from that. And to me, I can, I'm never going to say if you write or not. I'm going to just, I'm going to listen to what you, I'm going to listen and be like, yeah, like, it could be this or it could be that. <laughs> what are people saying about what they get about the title from the songs? It's kind of basically like going back to what we were talking about, the album cover. They basically saying like, all right, Gandhi loves children. Putting that, putting, putting that title with the cover, that face. Now put that title and that face with those words. Now, when you get into the album, it's everything touched on from drunk abuse to uh, the 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 going back to just the confusion of everything that's going right, on right, with right, the right. world. Whether it's whether it's people hating things that they don't really know why they should hate it, yeah. or just a microscope being put on the world where before it was ignored. Like you seen, like, for example, like my favorite section of the album is the three song rollout from uh Murder Them, Stigma, and Jack O'Lantern. And it's like a track like Murder Them is my favorite because we seen from last year everything that was going on with the protests, everybody was super, yeah, let's stop all this crime, police violence, and it's like, yo, this has been going on forever, like, it's just now, people act like they care more because they couldn't go nowhere, because they was in the house from a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So, like, <laughs> stuff like, when you dig into that, and like I said, different forms of drug abuse, even the song, uh, The First Man to Obtain Carbon, if you really listen to the lyrics, I'm talking about, like, an active shooter situation, like, within the song. Mm. And those all things within, like, from the past two or three years, like we kind of wanted to make it a time capsule album where like, if you heard it in five years or maybe 10 years from now, you can be like, yo, and 20, between 20, between 2010 and I mean, between 2018 and 2021, the shit was kind of crazy. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. people was all, all these, all these crazy rich men was getting, arrested in jail for all of these shit with kids and the Me Too movement and all of that. Like, that's kind of like what the album, like, symbolizes to me, like, and not even dating it, just like, to me, the a lot of the best albums you can hear and be like, okay, I can hear what was going on when Fear of a Black Planet was made. Yeah. Because of the production, because of the audio clips, because right. of the lyrics Chuck D was saying. Got even it, though it. I wasn't there, I could feel what was going on in the world on uh, what's going on yeah, with the Vietnam War and everything like that, so. Got it, got it. So you just mentioned Tragic, which is the first song on the album, 
And on that song, you 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 reference obviously a number of tragic events and moments in history and even modern times as well. How how much of the song has to do with this actual album title? Would you say this song is like the example for the for the the album title? I would say the particular Gandhi Love Children line is. Yeah. But I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say there's no particular song that you can hear and just, okay, I get everything. Got it, got Cause, it. Because, yeah, like like I said, I get I get people that hit me up about Tragic. Yo, Tragic's my favorite song. I love when y'all say this, that, that. Stigmata is my favorite song. White Noise is my favorite song. And everybody has a different experience with it that they take in and they grow with it different for, like I said, for me and Roper who put it together, we might get something totally, totally different from it. Like how we take it in. So yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I could, I could dig that. You know, listeners have varying experiences. Nobody has, you know, most people don't have the same exact experience, but you know, but yeah. So yeah, the reason why I asked that is because, Obviously, when you listen to it, it's 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 in like there's just a bunch of tragic things you're talking about. So Gandhi loves children. It it exemplifies that it's a tragic statement. So when you yeah, really look sure. at yeah, when you look at everything else that you say, it also shows that Gandhi loves children itself is a tragic statement. So people understand, you know, what that is. Um, what would you say? So the the so I want to say the first three songs are like real, like I think Ropa does a really good job with the beats as well. So they just kind of just grab you going in the first three songs and then the other ones too. But I feel like he opens the album really nicely with, with the beats and, and your flows and your lyrics. It just grabs the listener's attention. Even if they don't understand what you're saying right away, the, the, how you say the, um, the sound, it gets to you, right? Like you're, it, it at least intrigues you to listen. So the second song, I believe it's the second song, is called B- I'm Bugging. What would you say was your lyrical intention for this song? It's funny because literally like, to me, that was literally like a song that when we made it, Roper was like, yo, we got to put this second. Because mm. he was like, if people can get through this song, the the rest of the album is gonna be smooth sailing, like, and really that particular joint is kind of like going more to like the Gandhi title. Like, I was talking, I was, I was, I was touching on mental illness, kind of even with the I'm bugging, like, it speaks for itself. But it's kind of like it came from a uh, a inside joke too that we were always having in the studio. So like, let's say we chilling and. I might say some wild outlandish <laughs> and just be like, oh, I'm bugging. Like, oh, and we all just chilling and laugh about it. And I told my boy, I'm like, yo, I'm going to make a song like that one day. Like, I'm going to say the English shit you heard. just like, and Roper made that beat. And he played it for him. He played it for me. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, I might, this might be the I'm bugging beat, yo. Like, so that was kind of like, the way that came together was just kind of natural from like the inside joke that went to the studio and him just playing the beat. I think I maybe wrote it in like 15 minutes and we laid it and we heard it and we was like, yeah, this is definitely, uh, that's definitely an album favorite for sure. Like, and it's funny cause like, it's definitely, it's one of his favorites 
and people love it, but I get it in the album, but to this day, it's still not like one of my favorite joints. Mm, like, mm, mm. It's, I love it. Like, I got other personal favorites, and it's definitely like a fire joint, but like, would people be like, yo, that's my favorite. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, mm. right, 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 right. <laughs> like what, what were you going for in terms of the message of that particular song? Because I feel like your music, on first listen, people might not get the underlying message that might be in some of the songs, right? And they may have to listen again and again. But with that song in particular, I know you talked about mental illness first. Like, can you expound on the message as it relates to that on on I'm Bugging? That particular song was kind of just like, me just writing from the aspect of, yo, I'm just going to spaz out. I'm not even going to really, I'm not going to censor myself. I'm just going, I'm going to just go in on this one and see where it lead. Mm. And that was definitely a joint that, like I said, when we made it, we was like, yo, if this not placed in the album correctly, <laughs> it's not going really, it's, it's going to throw everything off. It's going to be weird. <laughs> like, And Robert was like, yo, we got to put that second. We need that early. We need that early. And we definitely, we definitely, hmm, that shit is crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but nah, the, my bad. The overall intentions for that was just, really, that was just me smashing on some MC. Like, all right, I'm about to just go in on this. Like, and I, but I, I'm like, I want to smash on some MC, but I want to tie it into the title and tie it into, I just don't want it to just be a random piece of the puzzle. Mm. I kind of wanted to, Fit in when you hear it with the other 14 tracks. Other 17 tracks, my bad. Okay, got it, got it. So yeah, piecing it together with the collective. Okay, yeah, so... No. Yeah, so your song, Fly Pelican, you, you have a clever line that stands out. You say... And I mean, there's a lot of clever lines on there, but you say, Fly Pelican, my kingdom heaven sent. When they pressured him, hover Mount Everest, carried by five elephants. <laughs> Like, what made you think of rhyming Mount Everest with not on not one but five elements? I mean, elephants. <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> when we put that one together, that was kind of that song was literally I would say is that was like Roper's brainchild that particular song because <laughs> he had that beat and he was telling me like when we was cr- crafting it. And it's crazy because, like you said, that first three is tragic. I'm bugging in that. And that's like a super random song to come after. <laughs> so, like, I'm bugging. But he was kind of like, yo, the album is fire. Like, we got it. We got We got everything covered where we want to have it. But he was telling me, like, yo, we need one joint to kind of bring everybody in. We need one. We need one universal joint that if somebody not like it, I'm bugging. Or if they're not feeling Stigmata something, Fly Pelican would be the one that they're like, yo, I love Fly Pelican. Like, and I was like, okay, I'm not going, I'm not going to argue with you. Like, this is this is a partnership. So I'm like, I'm gonna take your idea, but I'm gonna put my twist on it. So I kind of like literally like for that, I kind of wrote it from the aspect of like if Slick Rick wrote it, how he would say like dope fly stuff, but it would be like outlandish, like, oh, you know he not doing that, you know he not doing or even like Ghostface. Like, right, sir, right, right. like, 
So that's kind of like that was literally like the inspiration behind like Fly Pelican. And right, right. we got my man YL on it. He killed it. Yeah, he and, did his thing on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, that's, that's definitely a favorite too. Shout out to everybody who who loves that joint and everybody that supported the video for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. It, it, you know, there's there's a lot of lines in there, but that Mount Everest and, and five elephants really stood out. So I was like, man, like what made him even think of those two words and bring them together. You know, that's like the magic of MC and like, you'll say something that you never, like people will be like, man, how'd you even come up with that? You know what I mean? Like, like what was your mindset like to be like, yo, I'm, I'm going to use those two words. <laughs> it was kind of in my head. I was like, I just want to say the flyest illest thing possible on this. Right. <laughs> like, so I'm just like, all right. And I took it for kind of like an aspect of like, because even like with the video, like the video was, the video kind of like spoke the song perfectly too, because we shot it in NYC, we was in Rucker Park, Chinatown, like, and we kind of wanted to have the cut, like a lot of the fly, bright colors going. And we kind of wanted to, the whole vibe of that particular song was vibrant. Mm. So I'm just like, all right, what's more vibrant than, uh, he carried over my five elephants. <laughs> That's a fly line too, man. Like you said, fly Thank pelican, you, bro. fly line. So I wanted to ask Roper this, but maybe you could um answer it if you know. Like his beats on this album sound very like cinematic, soulful, and um I think it really complements this overall sound that we get on GLC, like. Can you talk to me about his process of making the production for you on this project to where it ended up sounding the way it does? It was dope because I would say we did a lot of, it was a good mixture of in-studio. It was a few beats he already had like made that I just heard. It was like, yo, this fits into the puzzle perfectly. Like I got the perfect words for this. And then sometimes it would just be a lot of like just conversation. So I would go to his crib sometime, stay at his crib for two days. We'll go to the vinyl spot. We'll go, he'll cop some vinyls, make the beats from scratch. I listen to him. Oh, that's fire. Let me take it home. And my style with him is like, whenever I, I get beats from Roper and I might like sleep to him for like maybe like two or three weeks. Just put them on repeat, play them 24-7, 24-7. I do that with all production, but, like, that kind of started with uh, the Gandhi album, like, where the production was so magical. I was just like, yo, this production, this beat is building the world. I got to make sure the words that I write on it bring it to life. Like, and even to this day, like, that's kind of how we always operate. Like, we'll bounce ideas. He might see me something. I'll, yo, do this. Or look. Let's link. Let's just chill for a couple hours. Get some food. Watch a scary movie or whatever. Oh, this beat sound crazy. This loop sound crazy. So it was real natural for sure. Got it. Got it. How'd y'all come up with the song titles on the album? They seem pretty abstract, you know, in terms of the choices. Uh, A lot of them is... Most of my ideas come to me when I'm sleeping, to tell you the truth. Mm. Or just like just regular everyday conversation. So like, and it's funny because a lot of the titles on this are kind of like self-explanatory. Mm. So even something like tragic, 
it's tragic. Uh, <laughs> it's tragic stuff. A song like Stigmata, I'm rapping from the perspective of Jesus. Like a song like uh, Angels and Demons on the deluxe version, I'm literally rapping about a dream sequence when I'm like having conversations with people that passed away. Mm. Some good people, some bad people. And that speaks to Angels and Demons. So a lot of it with the titles, we kind of, we knew the lyrics was going to be so out there that we was like, all right, let's at least have a title that it might kind of connect the message to it. Mm-hmm. If somebody just hearing it like awesome, okay, like how you put tragic together. Tragic, tragic events. Okay, cool. Fly Pelican, we rapping about fly. Th- okay, cool. Like, but titles like, let's say a jack-o'-lantern sculpture, nuclear warfare, those just kind of come to me from the aspect of like, all right, how could these words get birthed? With a title that 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 literally speaks it, like when you hear it, like yeah, yeah, and you know it's interesting. You, I, I think you said this earlier. Like sometimes you'll just say a, a a word or a line in your rhymes, and like you'll resonate with that, like like with the with the GLC title, and that ends up becoming titles, right? So that that's 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 cool to know. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you, like. Your lyrics often sound like they're constructed with a variety of random words coming together in rhyme. Is there a method or an order to the randomness? It kind of goes back to the beat selection. Mm. So, like, like I said, with my production, I like the I'll take it. Maybe I might have to be maybe a month or two where I'm just listening to it, and within that beat. If I'm playing it when I'm sleeping, I might dream of the beat. Mm. So I'll paint a picture for you. Like, let's say we standing on a football field at a football game. It's a purple sky. It's the Giants and the Jets playing <laughs> for the championship. Everybody in the crowd going crazy. All of a sudden, it start raining. When you look up at the crowd, nobody in the crowd got a face no more. And when you look to the left, it's a big green elephant there. So let's say if I hear a beat that literally makes me see that in my head, like, cause with beats, I see a lot of different like shapes and colors and it's kind of just putting the words together to paint it, paint the picture for the listener type. Kind of like the message that God is giving me. <laughs> I'm like, all right, what words could I put together to kind of perfectly paint this picture, even if you fully don't get it, you're going to at least be invested enough to be like, yo, I think I figured out this painting. <laughs> like, wow. I think I, 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 I might have caught the left side of the painting, how it goes perfect with the top of the painting. <laughs> like, you know, that's interesting because I've heard of that, like when you, when, when you see music as colors, it's called synesthesia. Uh, is that something that you're, you feel like you experience too with the music? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Definitely. Interesting. That's, that's interesting, man. Like, is, is that something that just happens like naturally for you? Or do you really just have to experience it in your dreams? I kind of like the technique of like the listening to the beats and the dreams because I'm a big, like, I believe in, like, taking stuff into the subconscious. Mm. So, like, if I live with a beat and take it in, it kind of literally becomes a part of me. So, usually, like, when it comes to how I write, once I figure out a flow, everything else can kind of come easy. Mm. 
Or sometimes I might hear a beat and be like, all right, this is the title for this beat. What words could I say to bring this title and this beat to life? What flaws can I say to bring these words with this production to life? And kind of just go from there. Mm. Can you walk me through what that that dream experience is like? Like, and I mean, you don't have to tell me, you know, what, like the actual dream, but like, how do you prepare? Is it is it like you put the beat on and you fall asleep to it? And whatever comes comes out after dreaming is what inspires the pen? Or like, how does that actually come together? I would say it's kind of like, I kind of uh, connected with kind of like movie scores. So like, for example, let's say, pick maybe two or three of your favorite movies that you might like. I'll say two or three of mine, like uh, Requiem for a Dream, uh, Jacob's Ladder, um, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. As a kid, I always loved like I, I can literally hear this music. Like if I didn't see this movie and heard this music and seen the movie after, I would be like, okay, this music would go perfectly with this particular. Like if you didn't see Superfly and you just heard the soundtrack. You would be like, yo, this sounds like right, this right. could be about a drug deal. <laughs> like, so that's kind of like how I do it with the uh with the writing. I'll hear a beat and I'm like, all right. It's literally a canvas now, but it's not painted yet. Mm-hmm. How can I kind of how can I add my canvas to make it a full spectrum? And like you said, I'll play it, go to sleep. And in the dreams, like I said, a lot of the dreams is hazy. So it may just be different colors, mm. different shapes. So like even like going back to like the uh, Mount Everest carried by five elephants, something like that, I seen kind of like an octagon shape in my brain. Mm. So it's kind of like the way the words move, like carried by five elephants. Like, yeah, yeah. It's weird. Like, <laughs> it's some weird like writer's stuff. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm very curious to know how it works out. Like it sounds to me like you'll put the beat on, go to sleep and you get up the next morning and now you're inspired in a whole new way. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I, it comes in different ways. Cause that's why I said like, I'll do maybe two or three weeks of just listening to the same beat. Cause that, it. it'd be like, all right, Monday night, I might've got this idea. Okay. I got to throw this in a blender Tuesday night, I might've got this different feeling. I'll throw this in a blender by Friday is six different recipes there. So I'm like, wow. okay, it's, it's, it's scattered at this point. Now I got to sit and make it one. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. So the song that you are featured on with fellow MC life long, find you two trading clever lyrical bars. Did you all record this in person? And how were y'all able to develop such a good chemistry going back and forth lyrically on the track? Shout out to my brother Life. I knew I knew Life for a minute. Everybody tapped in. If y'all don't know my brother Life Long, like y'all definitely yeah, should been be. doing this thing for minute. Yeah, veteran veteran MC for sure. Like I know y'all probably hold him on the cold vein from Cannibal Ox and a whole bunch of other classic stuff. Just just so y'all know, if, if for, for those who not tapped in, but yeah, that was kind of like a beat that. Roper made in the studio. Mm. And 
I'm like, yo, this beat sound crazy. Like, I'm like the 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 randomness of the, the the drum pattern and all. I was like, I need somebody who's who can who can get loose on this. I can't have nobody who who afraid to who afraid to who afraid to have fun on this. So I automatically thought of my man life. Like, I'm like, yo, he'll he'll be perfect on this. And it's crazy because we wrote our verses and recorded them two different times. <laughs> like, wow. I laid my parts. Yeah, I laid my parts to send it to him, and then he came to the studio and laid his. But we laid it to the point that it's literally like we. I was like, "Yo, we got to make it sound like we was together when we did it." Mm. So like, we that's what we did. That's when I was like, "All right, I'm gonna say my. I'm gonna say your ad libs. You say mine." And then we would do like the little chance in the back, and ah. that studio session. Wow, that's that dope. studio session. So, so you said you you already had laid your verses, but when by the time he came to the studio, was it just to lay his verse, or did you did you also do some of the ad libs there in the studio as well? I did my ad libs there, but my verses was already laid. So right. he came and just laid his, and I was like, "Yo, to put it together, let's do each other's ad libs, nice. so it can sound like one yeah one piece." Yeah, yeah. And yeah. That's that was dope. Like it came across almost like you guys were completely in the studio from the jump. So it it, it definitely came across fresh, man. Y'all worked that out. So man, this this question was for Roper, but um I don't know. Maybe I'll ask it to you. Maybe you're able to answer it. Track six. I think it's pronounced Zavenstein or X Avenstein. Is it's the it's an instrumental on the project. And it kind of lands randomly within the order of the song list. Like, what would you say was, um, you know, Roper's intention or you guys' intention of placing that track there? Oh, Zavenstein. Zavenstein. That's Stein, the name yeah. of... <laughs> I'm sorry, I got it wrong. I be butchering a... some of these track names. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> nah, it was kind of like... I was always a super huge fan of, like... Uh, instrumentals on albums just like how premiere used to do it on some of the uh gangster albums like it'd be a dope just scratch instrumental yeah, in the yeah. middle of a track right at the end so that's what we we wanted to have a dope instrumental on that and it's it's crazy because literally like that's the older roper beat like i think it might have been like before i knew him like <laughs> but when he first played it i'm like yo this is dope like I was like, I don't see myself rapping on this, but it's so fire. It definitely needs like a place. And that's, that's also another favorite of people. Like when people like that, I'm like, yeah, y'all really mess. Y'all really like the album. Like, cause they like, yo, I love the saving sound. How it just comes in. Like, yeah, that's definitely. Like... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's a really nice moment. I, I like moments like that on the album, even though you had just like released an onslaught of like lyrical tracks prior like it, it, it does fit a nice mood, it, almost like an intermission in a way. You know what I mean? I get that feel from it, and you know, Roper gets a chance to display his his solo, you know, instrumental prowess. So, in an interview that you did with Spin dot com, you talked about your frustration with people viewing your music as horrorcore. You mentioned that if anybody is saying that about your music, they're not really listening. <laughs> Can you tell us why you say your music shouldn't be viewed as horrorcore? 
Nah, literally, it's, it's simple to me. Like, you heard me just talk to you about the shapes and the colors. Like, to me, like, I know just mentally and spiritually, like, how much I put my body and mind through to always write different things and come up with different creative s- stuff that nobody's doing. So, like, to me, somebody saying that to me is literally just like, you hearing the surface level, oh, he said a dark bar here. It was a dark title here, but you're not really sitting and digging into the music. Because to me, like, if somebody said that to me, I'm like, where's the horrorcore in Fly Pelican? Where's the horrorcore in Murder Them? Besides real life, real, real life stuff that happens every day. What's the where's the horrorcore in uh, Zavenstein? So, like, to me, it's kind of just like, People seeing the, uh, the the picture half uh, where they want to see it. Right, 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 right. It's like surface yeah. level. They're not really going deeper. Yeah. Is, is it? Yeah. Is it? Is it? I'm getting the vibe that the music is kind of in the vein of what Jordan Peele did with, you know, um, Get Out, and even like us, like, like you know, you might see something as horror. It might be part of the horror genre, but when you really sit and you watch it, there's a lot of underlying things that's happening that's dealing with a, a cert, like a reality, right? That um that that people have dealt with, you know. So, would you say that's kind of like your artistic expression? Is it similar to how those kinds of movies are made? Yeah, I definitely could agree slightly with that. Yeah. I would say even just like, because even to me with that, it's kind of like putting a cap on kind of like the content and where right. where I could take the content. To me, I just kind of want to be looked at as just like a amazing writer. Or I where see. I don't want to be looked at as just like a... You don't want to be boxed like, in. You want to be out the box. You know, like you want to, you know... um, have a diverse, you know, perspective. You know what I mean? Uh, people to be open-minded to the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. no, it, 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 exactly. And like I said, that's that's kind of how I always looked at my writing. Like, I'm a hip-hop artist, mm-hmm. but I don't look at it like I don't want to. I don't want my my lyrics to only just be examined in rap audiences. I see. I, I write where I want. I want my lyrics. To, my lyrics to be taught in college courses or just different forms of writing styles and different writing techniques. And like, I wrote a short. I got a short story I just wrote. Like, I'm into the literature of got of it, it all before anything. Like, so to me, like that's that's key with it. That's key with it all. I could dig it. I could dig it. I had heard on a podcast that you did that your music is written to provide a three-layered listening experience. Can you yeah. walk me through how the listener can best experience those three layers? Definitely. I'd say first, sonically, because you're hearing them sonics before. Okay. You're hearing the beat. Like you said, you're hearing the beat, you're hearing the mixing, you're hearing the mastering before everything. And then you get into just the the meaning of the lyrics. And then from that, you can get into the technique of the lyrics. Right. Where it's kind of like, oh, this syllable connected with this syllable is like, kind of, like I said, kind of like a lot of just different, how you would look at a film. Mm. I always compare like my writing to like 
movies or books where you could like if you come in the middle of uh, Lord of the Rings and start watching it an hour in, you might miss certain <laughs> key parts of it. But you literally watching it from different aspects. Right. The acting, the cinematography, the <laughs> the way it's shot. Where you kind of just getting the whole experience out of what's supposed what's supposedly, and everybody looks at it just like, all right, I'm listening to you. Do you like it? No, do you not like like and to me, like I always tell people, like, are you, you hearing it, but you're not really listening to it? Like right, right. that's why even like when I listen to a new album. I can't really listen to something that come out today and tell you really about it by next week. I got to literally, literally do the three-layer listening. So I'm going to listen to it at night, two in the morning, and see how I'm feeling about it. Okay, this is dope. I might have a different experience 12 in the afternoon. I might have a different experience if I break up with my girl and we arguing. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I, I got to say, I appreciate when artists put so much into their rhymes that you know you can come back to it like a really good movie and find new things right um the second third fourth time around you know and it it really it it brings up this this subject that I've spoken about in the past where I feel like hip hop especially like indie hip hop and artists who really take time to craft their lyrics you know, their intricate lyrics and, and put, like, double entendres and meanings in their music. I feel like hip-hop has gotten a bad rap, you know, um, in comparison to movies. Like, people will watch a movie like The Matrix over and over again, but they won't give hip-hop artists the time to even sit with their music for a little moment. You know what I mean? Like they they'll they'll write it off like yo I don't understand it. I'm not messing with it. Like why do you think that's the case with something like hip hop? You know, like why do people not give it that time of time and attention as they would give like a good sci-fi movie or a movie that really takes that multiple viewing experience to get to the layers? Honestly, I, and, and I, I always, uh, this is something that always like frustrated me within just the movie. I mean, not my bad. The music circles is to me like, since we doing quote unquote urban music, to me within the urban community, it's only a certain amount of level of weirdness you can go before you turn off certain people. And to me, like that, was, I always thought that was whack. Like, cause to me, I'm like, okay. Beck can make whatever type of music he want to make. <laughs> uh, I hear. Madonna can make whatever type of music she want to make. Bjork can make whatever type of music she want to make. Just because I'm rapping on the song and I might be screaming on the song, I might have uh, scattered jazz samples on the song where I'm rapping more poetic or more poetry-like than just rapping two-bar, two-bar, two-bar. To me, it shouldn't be looked at as, oh, my God, I don't get it, or... Hit, or someone trying to be different, like to me, like I said, it's it's natural. It comes with it. It, it comes from a, everything comes from a real place and real situations. So to me, that's I think that's mainly the issue. Like we do, urban, we do, like I said, quote unquote urban music, and same thing like you said with the sci-fi movies. 
imagine Spike Lee, uh, John Singleton, all of the movies that they was known for, all amazing flicks. Now, flipping, imagine Spike Lee directed something like uh, <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, or Alien vs. Predator. Mm. He might get, it might get looked at as weird because it's not a taboo subject or something that you see in the African American community all the time. Yeah, yeah. But to me, like that's the strong that's the strong point of us is like black people, like we we're creators of everything, like around. So to me, that's our strong suit, our creative, our brain, how we look at things, like, and to me, it shouldn't be boxed into it can only be this type of beat, this type of wording, this type of sound, this type of visual, this type of photography. Like, it shouldn't be none of that. Like, yeah. You know, and I've you know, people have said like music is so saturated now that they don't even have the time to give like, you know, there's so much music. There's so many more artists putting out music independently and like literally at will, like they could put out an album tonight if they wanted to, you know what I mean? Or, or next week, you know, just, you know, with the equipment that they have, you know, in their home studio and there's so much coming out that I feel like people say like, well, I don't have time. You know what I mean? But I think, I think that it's art and, and art sometimes needs time, you know, to digest. And it's a beautiful thing when you're able to digest it over time, you know? Um, I always talk about how MF doom is, is my favorite MC of all time, you know? And, he was one of rest the, in peace to the yeah, rest in peace to doom. Like he, he made me excited about hip hop because I would learn about things after listening. Like he would say something in his lyrics and then maybe five years later, I, I start, I experienced what he was talking about in the lyrics from watching a movie that he referenced. And now I get it five years later. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a really dope thing. Like it, it's it's not meant really when you think about it from that perspective. Not every piece of music is meant to understand right away. It may take you ten years to get it. You know what I mean? Um, but that's the beauty of the art. Like it's almost like you're growing with it. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted that's a, that's a subject that that continuously comes up for me, and I feel like people don't really give the art form the respect of that or that care to really sit and listen to, you know, um, they kind of just write it off because they don't understand it right away. So no, you you definitely right, and like I said, like I definitely love with stuff like me and a bunch of other dope MCs are doing. Like right now, to me, this is like the time of the writers. Like over the past two, three, four years, I would say, especially the independent. Hip hop scene from all over is definitely at one of the best places it's been in a while from different perspectives and different forms of writing. And like, nobody's afraid no more to do nothing. And to me, like, that's what it's all about. Like, for sure. Indeed. How would you sum up the experience you would like the listener to have with this album? Hmm. It's funny (laughs) because. I would kind of just really say what you said. Like, I just would want them to have the experience. Like, to me, it's definitely not something you can 
it, it's not a love or hate album. It's not a I think I get an album. It's kind it's a one to grow on album. It's one that you sit and listen to when you get the track four. Turn this off, man. All right, let me put it back in next week. Oh, yo, track 10 is my favorite. Like, I get exactly what you was talking about in track three. <laughs> like, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely, we definitely made it a timeless album that everybody, every time somebody else get put on to it, 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 it's different experiences and different people have different feelings and opinions on it. And yeah. I, I welcome them all. <laughs> For sure. Shout out to everybody who's been supporting me and Roper. Definitely salute y'all. And the new music is going to be crazy. I'll tell you that. Ah. I'm going to send, send you some new stuff. Whew. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask y'all about that. Um, Like, I'll just go ahead and ask it now, being that you brought it up. Like, this album, from what I understand, was like at least three or five years in the making. Like, where do y'all feel you guys are going to go from this point? Like, is there going to be an actual another collab with Roper? I'll give it to, I'll give it to y'all. Cause, cause out of the box fam is fam. Yeah, we literally sure. got our next two projects finished already. Wow. Yeah. We did. Cause we literally recorded them all at the same time. Interesting. Like, <laughs> so that's, that's interesting. That's, that sounds like a good good thing though, because if you recorded them all at the same time, then it has the same aesthetic, I think, right? In terms of yeah. the sound, yeah. But I tell you, the next two is totally different than Gandhi. Interesting. And like it's definitely it's definitely some of our best work. Like I I just was listening to some of it today, and I I can't give y'all a release date or none of that, but no just doubt, know, no doubt. just know we got stuff crafted and we put it together to, to bring y'all another experience. Got it. So just stay tuned for when that drop, for sure. Good, good. I, it's cool that you mentioned that it's um totally different, right? Because I think that's a cool angle for y'all to try something. I mean, I mean that that's your whole thing too. Like you like being different and innovative, so I could I could see that, you know. Uh, but I'm I'm actually curious to see how that next project unfolds, especially yeah. with it and- being different. Yeah. No, and besides that, we just got solo music coming too. Like I'm dropping another project in the next few months. Okay. okay. So definitely stay tuned for that. He got a bunch of projects he working on. Like I said, he out in LA. So he yeah. <laughs> he just texts me like, yo, my bad. I was <laughs> cooking up some beats. I lost track of time. I'm like, you good, bro. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Definitely so, sends his love, bro, for sure. He yeah, said shout no, out. Yeah. Much man. love to everybody. Yeah, man, indeed, man. Thank you, uh, Telemar. Thank you, man, for, um, you know, sending that love. And, you know, of course, we would like to have him on the show, but we totally we get it. We understand. So I never got a chance. I haven't gotten a chance to see your live show, but from the videos and some of the clips I've seen, it seems like it's a really, you know, entertaining experience. Uh, for so, so for someone that has not been at your live show, like what would you, how would you describe that experience? Like what makes it worthwhile? I'll say you as regular as it sounds, you're going to get your money's worth. You go. Cause like I said, it's funny. Cause literally before we got on here, I'm doing a show rehearsal. Now mm. me and my man, Booker Valley for a show I got in Brooklyn, Wednesday, October 6th at the Broadway. So all my East Coast people definitely come to the Broadway Wednesday, October 6th 
me, Gabe, Nandez, Chester Watson, the whole POW team is going to be in the building. So it's going to be crazy. Dope. But, but yeah, it's like I said, it's kind of like a world in itself. Mm. Like to me, when you hear the songs and you hear the MP3s and the albums and the video, and you see the visuals, whatever you think you're going to see live from that, you're probably going to see that in a hundred things more. Like, <laughs> cause kind of like with the performance going back a little bit, like my biggest influences were just like how as a kid, when I seen performances was a lot of the rock and heavy metal dudes that I was into. Mm. So like when I perform, I'm, I'm on stage from the aspect of like, okay, I'm not even just trying to be up here. Just like on some walking back and forth, uh, spinning around. Like I'm like, when I perform, I'm, I'm in competition with Ozzy Osbourne in my head, uh, Iggy Pop, uh, Jimi Hendrix, like those like entities on stage, like where it's totally different. They're just like, all right, we're going to rap the word. We're going to put the mic in the air and that type thing. Like, Interesting, man. Interesting. Wow. Listen, Fat Boy Sharif, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me tonight, man. I wish you nothing but continued success as an artist, man. Like, I'm looking forward to the to what y'all you and Ropa got cooking up next. Man, like, uh what what's one thing you want the the listeners to know before you go in terms of um, you know, just the project or just the, the other things you got coming up immediately? I would say just, if y'all listening, like I said, Wednesday, October 6th, Brooklyn, be out there, come to the Broadway. I got an amazing set, set up, amazing performers. Uh, pull up. Besides that, just stay tuned to all of the new music, a bunch of features. I got a bunch of things cooking up for the year, for sure. So just follow the IG, follow the Twitter. Nice. And... Stay tapped in. Salute. Much love. Shout out to all of the supporters. Keep supporting. I'm going to keep coming with the flavor. Indeed. I, and I see, man, I see you've been, been out there. You've been on other, you've been on, you've been getting interviews, blogs, the Peter Rosenberg airplay. Like, I see you on your grind, bro. So, yeah, man, much success to you, Thank man. You. Indeed. Mm. Indeed. So to all of our listeners and viewers, always remember that you can catch us on outtheboxmedia.com. We got our, you know, all the links to our merch page, our Patreon page, everything there. Go support. You can become a free subscriber on outtheboxmedia.com so you can keep updated with all the new episodes. Remember, every Friday we put out a brand new episode. So uh, thank y'all for tuning in. And big ups to homie Fatboy Sharif again, man. So... Until next time, I just want to say peace, love, and light. Y'all stay focused. Y'all stay healthy. Y'all stay safe. We out of here. Peace. Love y'all. Yeah.